Alright, welcome back everybody to Ensuing Confusion. Uh, we are continuing our game of Scum and Villainy. I am your Game Master, Connor Sheridan, and I am joined today. I'll go clockwise, starting from 3? No, 2? Two? 2 o'clock. one thirty o'clock on my Google Meet screen here. Uh, I'm joined by Catherine. Hey! Uh, Tony. Hello. Kitty. Hi! And Cleric. Hello. Uh, and we are picking up right where we left off last time with the uh, the crew of the Beluga plunging deep into a sort of half mountain in search of some kind of powerful or otherwise significant, I guess, artifact <laughs> uh, that's uh, uh, been w residing deep in the depths of this, this mountain and that... Uh, people or the uh two different factions are sort of after one of them you have a little bit more of a, a a positive relationship with so you're working with them so far but who knows where things will go um uh and yes the last we uh left you you had just um made your way through uh through a kind of an extensive series of underground of underground passages led by um myriad star spindles expert pathfinding uh, and let's see, despite occasional cavens that left the corridor barely pass passable, uh, Myriad leads you to the central chamber in short order. Uh, this is the, the place where you'd kind of been feeling that presence as well, uh, Quell. Mm. The, circular, the circular room is about 50 yards wide, with both the ceiling and floor covered in the same white tiles from the passage. The green light from the fungus inside your lanterns illuminates a pile of timbers, orderly arrayed in the center of the chamber, slightly obscuring your view of a pillar. Two other passages lead out of the room. Uh, and while you heard some occasional noise while you were making your way in here, like I said, there were cavens. It seems like this uh, this Landberg kind of moving, being uh, accelerated through the air, which is another thing I should add in. Uh, there's a little bit of a time crunch here because this entire uh, Landberg seems to be heading straight for this giant uh, continent in the sky. Um, and also heading for the blockade that the uh, the Azure fleet has established around it. And it seems like you don't really want to be there for either of those things. Um, uh, so perhaps the, the movement of the uh, the Landberg is, is causing some more cavens or some instability. Um, but you've, you know, you've heard some rumbling like that along the way. But as you step into this chamber, everything is fairly quiet. The, the pillar in the mm -hmm. center is kind of... You know, the the floor kind of slopes up to it a little bit and the ceiling kind of slopes down to it a little bit. So it's like a like an apple core, something like that. Uh, you have two other passages leading off, like kind of further off into the mountains. Um, but this does seem to be that central area. And nothing's nothing's moving or anything. Nothing's coming at you at the moment, Quell, despite you having a kind of feeling that there is something in this chamber. Well, I gotta tell you, I don't think trees naturally grow into planks and lay themselves neatly arrayed on the floor of a cavern. So clearly someone's been in here. Do you want to check out the timbers? <laughs> I mean, I suppose. We're, we're here for salvage. That's what the junkers want. And if this is the only salvage we see thus far, I mean, I guess we can take a peek, although I think they'll be a little let down if this is all we can find. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, uh, I'm, I'll go ahead and have you make a roll for this because we're, we're keeping time. Um, so if you want to find out more about this, this timbers, you'll need to make an action roll of some kind. If okay. you want to, basically you're finding out more about these surroundings in general. Well, I think Quell would approach them somewhat cautiously because, again, she has a kind of nagging sense that something's not right here, that there's mm -hmm. something in here and it's not necessarily friendly. And although her eyes aren't spotting anything, she knows that there's a lot more to the world than what her eyes can see. So mm -hmm. she'll kind of step forward and look at the timbers and, you know, look back at her, her crewmates and say, you know, well, somebody made these and left these here. And, you know, I was of the mind that wood has a tendency to rot over time. So she kind of moves the, 
the toe of her boot and nudges one of the timbers. Now, how big are they? Are they like, are these big timbers? Are these two by fours? What are we looking at? There's all different sizes. Okay. Uh, and they're arrayed in like a, a very orderly fashion, um, kind of by size. You know how some people lay out like their Lego kits before they start building <laughs> them? Yes. Uh, it kind of looks like that. Well, you know, I'm going to say that unless I was attuning to the timbers, which doesn't quite make sense given what I'm doing here, study is probably the most appropriate because uh, I'm mm -hmm. looking at them, kind of nudging them, you know, taking in how worn they look, how old they look, you know, how well they're cut, all that, you know, anything I might know about how they're made or where they might come from. Okay. All right. Let's roll this uh... study. I think that's probably a, a risky standard because, okay. you know, you, you need to spend a little bit of time at this. The the risk is mostly the time it's taking. Okay. All right. And no bonus die, correct? Not unless you push yourself or I could offer you a devil's bargain. I think the devil's bargain I would offer you is just one guaranteed tick on drifting into the blockade. No. Um, Quell is very aware that we are drifting into the blockade and does not want to be around when that happens. So... Okay. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh my god. Oh no. Well doesn't okay. know anything about wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, and don't forget you can spend gambits and stuff too. You do have the two gambits. but Yeah, I didn't want to okay. spend a gambit on this. <laughs> I, totally understandable. Yeah, I think it takes you a while. It's risky, so I'm going to mark two ticks on drifting into the blockade. You, oh. can, try to you can choose to resist that if you want. Yeah, can I? What does choosing to resist do for me again? Uh, you'll just make a, a resist roll uh, using whichever attribute you know seems the most appropriate. Or since you have the way, you could I think you could spend a gambit to resist it. Mm -hmm. I can spend a gambit instead of paying a stress cost. Yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. No, I don't want to spend all our gambits right now. I'm going to try and resist it um you know so what's happening is that we're the time is passing as i'm looking at this wood and not knowing what the heck i'm doing mm -hmm. so i think chances are since it started from a study insight would be the most logical yeah probably yeah. so let's go ahead and see mm -hmm. if i can resist this terrible thing that's happening to me okay. and no bonus and... dice correct uh no and i'll tell you that there's Probably, oh my god! Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, you still. Here's the good news: you still resist it, um, but you'll take five stress. What the heck? The yeah. Wow. Not only is Quell not sure what the heck she's doing, she is like getting brain pain. She's like really trying to puzzle out the mystery of these timbers, and it's just. Nothing is occurring to her how these timbers got in here. Who put them here? Why are they here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't sell don't sell Quell too short. Uh, she's a she's smart. You know she's a smooth operator. Um, but yes, I think what happens here is you do manage to uh, work it out of time. Uh, eventually, these these timbers look like they're part of a ship, um, like maybe an old skyship. Uh, which in the interior of this chamber is kind of a weird place for them to be, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and as you're searching around, you uh, you kind of notice two things at once. You notice uh, some skeletal remains uh, scattered, actually not scattered, very uh, deliberately arrayed, kind of at the base of that column. Um and then you notice that they are starting to, because um, you had to you had to kind of get in the wreckage, right, to check it out. You weren't able to like do it from afar. <laughs> uh, you notice that the skeletal remains are starting to move, not in the sense that like it's standing up like a skeleton from you know D and D or something, in the sense that they are starting to uh, kind of. Uh, roll back toward the pillar um, and you have a better look at the pillar now you can see that there is sort of a uh, it, it's there's like connectors on the top and bottom into this sort of canister looking thing um, that looks like it could possibly be removed 
what? <laughs> so this giant pillar is connected to a canister and the skeletons are rolling toward the pillar? Yes, the skeleton is starting to form itself around the pillar now. And you notice that the rib cage is actually forming around the pillar itself. Uh, and it's starting to look like... Um, it looks like it's kind of integrating it into its spinal column. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what, what, what do you do when you see this start to happen? Okay, and it, and you said that it seems like there's a canister on there that could be removed? Yes. All right. Um, God damn. Well, uh, does the canister seem particularly important? It is the the central part of this central column of this central chamber. Okay. Well, uh, and how easily does it look like it could be removed? Uh, it's kind of tough to tell from afar, but it seems like it was probably you know it's probably installed there. Um, okay. Well, Quell would definitely, upon seeing this happen, this seems very bizarre. Would maybe take a step back and call out to her her uh, crewmates. You know, we've, we've got some movement in here. Something real strange. A skeleton, maybe? Something's not right. <laughs> and then she would kind of back a bit away. Because while Quell sees that that canister may be important, she's not stupid enough to try and be a hero and snatch it off without backup. <laughs> uh, and it is forming up more now. Uh, yeah. Sorry, what uh, were you going to say, Augustine? Uh, Augustine's just going to be like, well, there's been a lot of movement as the whole room's just been spinning for him <laughs> oh, no. this whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of so <laughs> sat down or leaned up against a, a rock you could find while Quell was poking at the wood. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, this skeleton issue might be uh, a little bit more pressing than some wibbly wobbly legs there, boss. <laughs> uh, what do you call them wibbly wobbly? <laughs> <laughs> Gadget's absolutely thrilled to see this um, because you can only imagine what kind of power this canister must contain if it can be used as an energy source so powerful that it's drawing, you know, carbon-based skeletal remains to it. So she, she's all in. This is exciting. <laughs> uh, and yes, it starts as uh, a human skeleton. Um, but it seems like the... Uh, it seems like maybe the stone from the mountain is starting to accrete around it. And the skeleton is growing larger and forming around this column. Now, the column does go from the ceiling to the floor, so it's kind of an unusual shape because it does have, like, that central mm -hmm. spinal column. Um, mm -hmm. But it's getting bigger, um, and it looks like it's... The skeleton itself looks like its bones are covered in kind of these spines. Uh, sort of like hedgehog spines. Oh, nope. This is definitely not a good situation. I don't think this is what the <laughs> Junkers Guild wanted, and I think that we should extract ourselves... Quite readily. Come on, Myriad. <laughs> Myriad's I mean, sort of just standing and watching this happen. Because this just looks interesting and fun. Yeah. As you stand and watch, the skeleton's arm, it isn't long enough to reach you. And it kind of like reaches out towards you. You know, it's a little, oh, what are those? Phalanges? Uh, phalanges extending toward you. Uh, hand bones phalanges uh, finger bones phalanges yes uh nice um and it kind of realizes this and it starts adding more bone it becomes like triple jointed it like adds another uh radius and ulna then it starts kind of building and it's it's reaching towards you on the other side of the room oh oh no no see this this person wants to reach out and touch someone which i am not a fan of given the whole being dead and now encased in rock thing. You've, uh, from what you know about spirits, Quell, they're not like ghosts. Um, they take the forms of different animals. You've never seen one take the form of a person before. Hmm. Does, uh, could I see if I could attune and get a sense of what is going on here, if it's a spirit or if it's something else? How would you do that? 
well, um, I think that Quell would probably, Quell sees that the, whatever this is, is drawing in rocks from the cavern to build itself up. And so if it's drawing in rocks from the cavern to build itself up, it might have a connection with this cavern. I mean, everything is in this cavern, this pillar is in this cavern. So if it is a spirit, it might be connected to the surrounding. And I think Quell would probably, trying to stay at a somewhat safe distance, because Quell doesn't want to get squeezed to death by a giant rock golem. Uh, she's gonna, you know, kind of bend down, you know, like kneel down for a second and put like her hand on the on the ground again and kind of look look at whatever, wherever the eyes of this creature or what would be the eyes might be and see if she mm -hmm. can kind of reach out and feel into the space to see if she connects with anything. Okay. Uh, so you're just trying to like connect with it and yeah. basically see what it wants? Well, first she's trying to see, is it a spirit? And if she can get a mm -hmm. sense of what it's doing and what it wants, if it is. It might not be a spirit. She doesn't know. She's never seen this happen yeah. before. Okay, so I think if you're keeping your distance like this and you're literally imposing space between you and this thing you're connecting with, uh, you'll have limited effect and it will be risky. Okay. So, well, let's try it because, again, Quell is not necessarily just going to jump up and like be dancing with it if she, if she doesn't have to. So, risky, <laughs> limited. All good. At least I didn't fail that one. <laughs> Okay, so you got a four as your highest result on a risky limited. So I think what happens here is um, I think I'm just going to do one tick on the clock because I do need to represent that time is passing somehow. Uh, yes. Again, you can kind of speed things up if you want by resisting that. Uh, but that is one of three things. So drifting into the blockade is now a two out of six. Okay. The second mm. thing... Let me tell you what you hear, what you understand first. So I think as you reach out to it, uh, you feel... It's a very unusual feeling because you're not used to connecting with something like this, but you do feel fairly certain that it is a spirit and it is interested in you. You don't get the feeling that it like wants... You don't get the feeling that it's angry with you. Or that it, you know, wants to inflict violence on you. But you also get the feeling that it has a very different idea of how life and, you know, natural processes work. So there is still a good chance you could get hurt by it. And then the, uh, the other consequence is that... Uh, <laughs> as you kind of look into its eyes and you have this this moment it's eye sockets sorry uh look into its eye sockets and have this moment of connection uh you another explosion rings out and half of it's the left side of its skull caves in from the one of those other passages you hear a, a familiar voice um and it's the voice of batra and she she calls out well are you just gonna stare at the thing all day or are you gonna take it Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> uh, and she is opening fire on this freaky spirit thing, and that definitely oh. enrages it. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you. Oh. Batra, you. Oh. Uh, yeah. Quell, Quell would like stand up and say. Yeah, like, if you want. You could try to, uh, this is a resistance, this is a consequence, so you could try to resist it in some way to keep her from, like, blowing it up. I, I'm not saying this shot would kill it, but it would definitely hurt it and anger it. Oh, God. Well, if I see her about to take, like, a shot, like, does she announce herself and then take the shot? No, she takes the shot and then announces herself, so you would have to somehow, like, you know, use your way powers to sense the shot coming and interpose yourself or like fling up some resistance of some kind because yeah she's 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 not silly enough to say here's my evil plan boom <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> well i think that uh it would make sense that because quell is connected with the space she's literally feeling into the space and what might be there she might have sensed that something was coming something was starting to like enter the space that wasn't of the space 
you know, kind of like mm-hmm. you can sense like vibrations as someone walks on the floor next to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, if she sees Batra show up and start to level her blaster at the thing, uh, she'd probably call out like, Batra, no. And like, uh, she's not a very good fighter. So I'm just going to like run at her and run into her. <laughs> okay. What, uh, what kind of resistance role is that? Oh god! Oh no! Uh, well, that would probably like, since she's not gonna try and scrap, she's just gonna like run at her and try and like barrel her over. That would probably be like a scramble. So that my prowess, I'm not very good uh, at any of these. <laughs> I think being true to the fiction, she came in from one of those other passages, so uh-huh. just running at her would be tough to prevent it here. Oh, even basically, okay. you could. You can use your powers some way, but then Batra would know you have those powers. Um, mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, then, instead of... I don't want her to let her know. Can I try to use my powers to basically whack her in the head with my lantern if I throw it across the room? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know if that's using your... Uh, <laughs> if I can't scramble and barrel her over, can I throw something at her? <laughs> Knock her off. I feel her, like her that's game. still prowess. Let, let but... me be clear: you can't. You can go after her, but you couldn't go after her in time to stop her shooting at once. That's, that's what I'm what, saying. That's what I'm trying to do. That's the whole yeah, point of resisting. Yeah. So I don't think you could use your powers to do that, but yeah, you could just you could use your powers to kind of have that premonition of her being near and then throw your lantern at her. You could okay. do that. I'm just gonna hurl my glow fungus lantern at her head because it probably won't do much damage, but it'll at least knock off her shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh what are you what are you rolling to make that happen? Well, if we're saying I'm using my attune to know that she's coming and she's gonna be there, would that be mm-hmm. a resolve? Uh yeah, you could do resolve or you could do that thing where you spend your gambit. Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna spend a gambit because I don't I don't I'm already very stressed and I don't <laughs> want to fail. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you uh, you fling your lantern at her. It's a uh, were you flinging it like at her gun or her gun arm? Uh, I'm just kind of flinging it at her, like at her <laughs> face. So you know, it's hard to shoot if you can't see things and something's hitting you in the face. It is human yeah. instinct to stumble back and blink if something's coming at your face. <laughs> so she she's pretty cool too. She's got the eye patch thing, the visor. Um, yeah, but she better you, be careful. You do throw her off. She'll lose her other eye. <laughs> I, th- I think she has the eye it's just under a visor uh, <laughs> she kind of rolls back and she uh, she rolls out of the way of your uh, lantern so it doesn't hit her but you do knock off her shot so uh, the shot goes wide and it hits some of the uh, the wreckage around the column and she says listen Quell I know we don't have the best relationship but I I'm after that, not you right now. And she points to the the canister in the center of the room. Uh, Quell doesn't, Quell's just going to say, nope, nope, you had no way to know that was in here. And, uh, you know, I think that you are, I think you are out of your pay grade, Batra. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I am. Work with me. We'll split it. I got a good pair. (laughs) Hmm. Quell, Quell's just standing there looking at her aghast because I want to hear what the rest of my crew is doing. <laughs> <laughs> Augustine has his head between his knees. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, uh, the skeleton's arm has now gotten long enough to reach out to the group and it is swiping at you. What do you do? <laughs> is it mad? <laughs> we didn't let it get shot. Uh, okay, it isn't swiping at you. It's like trying to grab you. Not violently. <laughs> I uh, prod it back with my cane. <laughs> uh, you kind of push at it a bit, um, and it kind of like grows another like joint around it, and start continues reaching toward you. Oh so God. now I'm just like battling this thing with my cane. Not like battling, but like <laughs> whacking it. Like no, <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> Well, with Gadget and all of her conspiracy theories, uh, believes a lot of things. But what she doesn't truly believe in at the moment is she's not convinced that spirits are a 
of parasites um, because any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic after all. So she's enthralled what she assumes to be um, very advanced machinery in front of her. And she mm-hmm. knows that if Batro's interested in whoever's powering this machine, she definitely needs to get it in order to keep it away from the government's hands. So um, Gadget would probably be studying the, the the capsule on top of the pillar. Is there a way to remove that? Uh. Sure, yeah, you could definitely study it to gather some information there. All right, is that just a straight roll, or...? Um, I think you're in a risky enough situation that this isn't actually a gather information roll. Sorry, I was kind of Got confusing it. there. Uh, this would be a risky standard study, because the skeleton is is in contact with you. Uh, ah, oof. yeah. Um, oh spirits are outside of Gadget's knowledge. Again, <laughs> she's not 100% convinced that they're real so um this is a machine that she is not familiar with kind of caught her off guard okay so i think what happens here is um (laughs) yeah actually i know exactly what happens um (laughs) oh no you're kind of gadget's kind of got a one-track mind sometimes right or is like easily uh fixates on things um and as you're kind of peering towards the co- the column or the uh, the cylinder in the column, the capsule or whatever, uh, the skeleton arm manages to get a hold of you and starts pulling you back, um, back towards the the column. But while you're going, you do see that it looks like you, you look you fi- you figure you could uh, remove that thing without uh, too much time. You know, it would probably be one good uh, one good action roll of some kind, maybe a rig or something to figure out how to, how to get it out of there. But unfortunately, you are, you are in the grip of a giant skeleton, which I think looks like, um, do you all know that uh, that Japanese woodblock painting with the giant skeleton? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like that, but with uh, hedgehog quills on it. Great. All right. So step one, get released from the grip. Step two, remove the canister. Got it. Uh, Myriad is very uh, protective of friends um it does not like that gadget is now held by this hedgehog skeleton spirit um and would like (laughs) would like to somehow free their gadgety friend who is somehow (laughs) always right about everything that they uh conspire (laughs) about I haven't uh, been proved objectively wrong yet. That is true. <laughs> what approach are you taking? Um, how is Gadget being held? Is it like being held in a fist? Is is Gadget held between like two fingers and a pincer? How is how is this happening? Um, I don't. I think the skeleton isn't quite big enough that it could just like two finger you. <laughs> two finger pick up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so I think it's it's uh, held in like a, a fist, yeah. Okay. How big is Gadget? Um, I would say, oh god, she's short, probably like four foot eleven right now. Right now. Right now, she's growing. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. Um, so I am going to, I guess, scrap with this spirit in <laughs> some way to get them to release gadget okay yeah so like prying your cane in there to like lever lever the hand open that kind of thing (laughs) yep that just like wedge my carbon fiber cane into the hand and like use it like a crowbar to get (laughs) to get their hands out to get the hand to loosen up okay um so do you count your carbon fiber cane as like any of your items? Is it fine? Like, how, how does that work? Um, I have a fine vibro blade as one of my <laughs> items. Um, so I've just been using that as my like one of my items. And then I also have a okay. fine martial arts style, which is like an italic item. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so you could have that for free. I don't think you're really doing martial arts to like pry a skeleton hand open. Right. Um, but I think normally you'd probably have limited effect here, but since you do have that cool cane, um, 
that would probably bump you up to standard effect. Uh, and yeah, it'll be risky standard um, to try and uh, try and wedge your friend out of this this <laughs> skeleton hand. Is it kind of like it's like pulling it back towards its face, like it wants to study her. <laughs> it's non-face, I guess. I don't know. Do you, do you still consider it a face on a skull? I mean, I guess. <laughs> Risky standard. Risky standard. You can push yourself. You can spend a gambit. You can take a uh, a devil's bargain. I think the devil's bargain here would just be giving. Hmm. Okay, so for my starting ability, I have unstoppable, which is Mm -hmm. you can push yourself to do one of the following. Perform a feat of physical force that verges on the superhuman engage a small gang on equal footing in close combat does this count yeah i think um basically that would mean you could get improved effect level here because this thing is pretty strong you know your your rippling muscles are at least in this moment as you push yourself you're uh you're able to have like great effect i would say okay you have the you have the fine item pushing it up to standard and then you have your if you're pushing yourself to kind of like engage it um, in a in a contest of strength, then yeah. But that also cause costs stress. Is so when you push yourself on a roll, this you know normal roll you push yourself on, you can choose to either add one die or increase your effect level. Right. Since you have that other thing that basically powers up your push yourself in certain situations, um, that that special feature is what's already pushing you up to great effect. So it would make more sense, probably, to choose the extra one die. I'm not going to use the one die because I don't want more stress. No. <laughs> I'm looking at how much stress I have, and that's a that would be a mistake. Oh, no. um, all right, so I could offer you a devil's bargain instead, uh, and it would be two ticks under the drifting into the blockade clock. How, what are we at right now? You're at two, two, two out of six. And re- remember, as I told you, drifting into the blockade is not drifting into the, the continent, which is the reverend assemblage. The yeah. blockade is assembled outside of the continent because they don't want to be close enough for their ships to start falling out of the sky. Still not really something we want, but right. <laughs> it could be worse. But also, the Junkers Guild lady just attacked the spirit person. and No, this is Batra. No, no. This is the bounty hunter. hunter. Oh, that was the bounty hunter. Okay. Yep. Okay, I got confused. I don't believe her for one little bit when she says that she's here for this and not me. She's here for both of us. It was just lucky for her to find me here. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Nah, I'll just just roll and see what I get. Alright. You got a five on a risky standard, so... You do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer harm. A complication occurs. You have reduced effect. You end up in a desperate position. So yeah, I think you will be able to pry her free, but Batra is going to uh, basically seize on this opportunity where you've you've successfully uh, kind of monopolized the skeleton's attention, uh, and she's going to start moving up and kind of she's kind of like firing on it as she moves uh and trying to get up to uh basically she's trying to blast its ribcage open so she can grab that thing out of the middle no batra i already told batra no (laughs) (laughs) and she's and she's telling you that she has a job yeah well (laughs) she's prioritizing work over spirit life (laughs) <laughs> many people do <laughs> you know she's she's got people to provide for too in the bounty hunting game so yes that is the consequence but you are able to uh wedge gadget out of there uh and batra is starting to advance on this thing uh and she's shouting again i'd rather work with you folks here than work against you like i said uh you know Scout's honor. This this is a, worth a lot more than you are right now, Quell. Oh. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> well, Quell is pretty much uh, used to people underestimating her worth, being uh, an urchin <laughs> and all. But it isn't a question of what uh, Quell is worth. It's a question of Batra and all the bounty hunters like her 
trading in lives for a couple coin and that's not acceptable. So uh, what is Quell going to do to well, try to stop this? Oh, Augustine. Augustine, that, our fearless leader. Please it, help. It looks like we might be a little short-handed now. Puts a hand up against his mouth. I, I think we could use the help. So you think that uh, that she should just take this thing? That she should shoot it? Well, it's ga- gadget. <laughs> it had gadget. Gadget is had gadget. With, with right her now being one free, free hand. Gadget's <laughs> like uh, says. Augustine, I know you're a little bit compromised right now, but I did the math, and we outnumber her. <laughs> oh, damn gadget! <laughs> I, I know you're good with numbers, but how many did you count the skeleton for? <laughs> and how many did you count me for? <laughs> You count, Augustine. <laughs> Marriott takes offense. <laughs> I think uh, Quell would say that you you don't understand. It's not anger. It's not trying to hurt us. You know, this just this creature is alive. We shouldn't be taking it apart or shooting it when it hasn't done any harm to us. And I think just like anything that gets shot at, it can only get real mad from there. <laughs> it, it looks pretty much dead to me. <laughs> well, you know, appearances can be deceiving, Augustine. When's the last time you saw a dead thing get up and move? Uh, never. <laughs> uh, Batra start, stops firing for a moment. As she's she's kind of like moving from cover to cover with a little, uh, you know, with all the, the timbers laying around. There's some, I think there's probably some, like, metal banding, too, like you'd see on a ship. Uh, Chica kind of pops out and she says, Well, if you've got such a great relationship with it, maybe you could ask us to, or maybe you could ask it to hand over the canister. Uh, you know, Quell kind of glares at her and is like, What? You can't use your mouth, Patra? I don't believe that for one damn second. <laughs> <laughs> she's she uh kind of pokes out from the cover again and says hey can we have the canister and the skeleton's hand kind of starts reaching out toward her and then she starts shooting it oh! <laughs> it was like swinging its hand toward her and basically she's she's able to keep time enough so that she's like shooting off bits of it so that it has to keep regrowing as it's moving toward her um she's got she's got a pretty nice pistol but it's it won't last forever I, well, this might be my opportunity then. I never asked Tech Rat if I could use its power core to open the door earlier, and I'm not going to ask the skeleton if it's okay for me to remove his. So I'm going to try to remove that canister. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You'll have to do something to get up there safely. Hmm. Safe. Uh, I'm not known for my prowess. Um, that might be a scramble for Gadget. Would you agree? Probably. Are you climbing it? <laughs> Are you climbing uh, the giant skeleton? Climbing <laughs> might give Gadget more credit in the athletic prowess than she truly deserves, but we're certainly attempting it. If you're trying nice. to like kind of weave your way around its arms, basically it, it has two arms, right? You know, it's a mm-hmm. human, it's a humanoid. It's a large human-looking skeleton. One of them is kind of swatting and getting shot at by uh, Batra. Uh, and one of them just released you. So if you want to be able to get up close to its ribcage area and kind of dodge around its hand, then yeah, I think scramble would would make sense for that approach. Can I climb up its ribcage by uh, running up its arm? You know, go all um, Shadow the Colossus on this thing? So I think uh, just running up to its base would probably be a risky standard. Um, That would be desperate great. (laughs) <laughs> Desperate Grey. Oh no. <laughs> oh, um, this is today's episode of bad ideas. <laughs> Especially with today's roles. Ah, oh. 
Uh, that was okay. not my best idea. I'm desperate on a one. That's not that's not great. Uh, don't that's forget to mark your XP. I did. Oh, are we allowed to? Do we mark XP on ones? I'm uh, desperate. I'm desperate. Oh, yeah. darn it. It's okay. uh, in Powered by the Apocalypse games, you mark XP when you fail. And Forged in the Dark games, you mark XP when you roll desperate. Oh, so my risky fails don't count. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a good thing I didn't mark XP then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what happens here is the skeleton... Yeah, well, what's going to happen here is as you're trying to run up its arm, the skeleton kind of whips around its other nub now. It kind of just has like oh. down to a shoulder because Batra was shooting the rest off. Uh, and it clocks you um, <gasps> and just sends you uh, like, you know, it knew you were scrambling toward it and it didn't really like that. Uh, so it's going to hit you hard, um, and you'll get basically a, a side full of spines because it does have those spines on it. Uh, and I think you'll take level three harm. This oh. is desperate. Uh, punctured lung. Oh, probably from your own ribcage breaking. Oh. Uh, and of course you can resist that if you want. I'm going to have to attempt to resist. And because... other people can try to protect you, uh, which is also something that people can do. I did the math, and I need my lungs to breathe. Um, Um, I think, wait, to try to protect with that, how would I, how to do? Because I feel Um, like uh, Myriad would definitely come to Gadget's aid. Well, basically, we would just think of a way that fictionally makes sense for it, uh, and then you would roll the resistance instead of Gadget. Hmm. Because you, uh, that's that's teamwork. You can protect a teammate, as it says on your sheet. Actually, I don't think you would need to resist necessarily. I think you could just decide to take the damage, but it's it's bad damage. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how we did it with Nash. Mm-hmm. And Blades of the Dark. Yeah, when I was protecting Bell and whatnot, I ended up taking it. Mm-hmm. Uh. But if you protect a teammate, you can try and resist it instead of taking it, right? Yep. Yeah. I feel like... I can always try to resist. Okay. Alright, so what what cool move does Gadget bust out here? Oh gosh, cool <laughs> move. This is un- The only way I can resist this is using prowess, and again, that's my least oh, no. best <laughs> skill set. Can't you, like... Um, Go go gadget airbags or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, don't forget that we you have armor, so that could be if you have the load for it. And right now, you, it looks like you have three load I marked. Have a lot of load left to go. Oh, but was I reserving two for Augustine? So I really only technically have one load left for myself. What were you uh, reserving two for Augustine for? Oh, didn't he take light load so he can blend in with the um, with, with the with the scientists out front of the door? Oh, I, yeah. I took a light load, but I it's it's kind of that play by ear. <laughs> if you... I needed anything, you would have been carrying it for me. Otherwise, you have your load, right? Yeah, it hasn't. If it hasn't come up yet, then you do get to make that choice. Like, do you want to keep reserving that load and reserve that? You know. Op- basically possibility space for it to come up in the future or do you want to say ah no i'd like to have some armor right now (laughs) (laughs) this is a great time to have armor and i'd like to think with uh with gadget and all of her obscene preparedness that she probably would have um additional armor padding on right now so yeah we'll, we'll go with that it's called your backpack (laughs) <laughs> my, my bug out bag protected me from the blow to reduce some of the damage <laughs> I really did like that mental image of like you just having some airbags that suddenly they get punctured by the uh, the needles of course so like as you're as you slip out of the way the airbags just go like <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you'll still take level one harm uh, right. because typically it drops it down by two. And I think the level one harm would just be um, uh, needled sides. But basically you have some of those nasty hedgehog needles sticking out of you. 
it's not the worst thing. You know, level one harm goes away when you uh, if you just take the recover action. Um, she's not quite having a coming to God moment quite yet, but you <laughs> uh-huh. know what? Maybe we could try uh, talking to that that skeleton robot. Not a bad idea. I'm more receptive to that. <laughs> <laughs> when is Batra's weapon going to run out of ammunition? Um, Her pistol probably will run out pretty soon. Uh, she might be packing other heat. Oh, she probably is. All right. <laughs> but her pistol, that's like her signature weapon. Her other guns aren't as cool. Well, Batra is probably not going to listen to reason because... Admittedly, my request is probably not incredibly reasonable. I'm asking her <laughs> not to attack the giant rock skeleton uh, because despite looking like a giant rock skeleton, it's a living being deserving of respect and autonomy. And uh, <laughs> she also is after a bounty, so she wants to make some money. And we know Batra really values money, and that's why she's still chasing me after my uh, repeated demonstrations of superiority in eluding her. So... (laughs) (sighs) That might be spite. I don't know if that's for money. (laughs) I would like to uh, call out to Batra Mm -hmm. and try and get her to work with us in a way where she causes a distraction so we can try and get in there so kind of stop going directly for it try and lead it off in the other direction from us or looking the other way so that we can get an opening okay she calls back what assurance do i have that you won't just grab it and take off um (laughs) well i'm trying i'm trying to remember how our last um interaction went no I don't really remember because I kind of pulled the wool over her eyes um, <laughs> uh, my word and my honor oh my god <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay uh, you know what she did seem to kind of take a little bit of a shine to you as you were taking her on that tour um, so I think you could try, probably try to sway her here um, I don't think you need to subtract a die for Woozy. I feel like Augustine probably often does some of some of their best work. Woozy. Um, <laughs> uh, and in this case, it will probably be... This is probably controlled uh, with standard effect. Oh, <sighs> oh wow. That's um, a lot of so ones tonight. So we're all tonight. just rolling ones, yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of ones. <laughs> yes, we got another one. But on control, let's see. You're blocked or you falter, press on by seizing a risky opportunity, or withdraw and try a different approach. So um, she wants a little bit more of a concrete assurance here. Um, you know, she's a professional. So you could try to sway her again, but it would be risky. Um, you know, you'd probably have to expose yourself a little bit more. You might have to, um, you know, I don't know, throw down your weapons or something uh, so that she knows that, like, if you try to run from her and you don't have your weapons, she could just shoot you. But um, uh, that's just an example. So, you know, you could try a different approach or you could push on and seize a risky opportunity. I want to try again, but I'm wondering if consort would work as well, because I was kind of thinking that first off, because it's consort with connections from your heritage, backgrounds, friends, or arrivals. If not, I'll figure out some way to sway again. I mean, you could bring up the fact that you are a little too drunk to stand right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going anywhere fast. (laughs) That is true. That is fact. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think you could probably go for the consort there, since she is she's not your rival specifically, but she is one of your friends' rivals. (laughs) And this is going to be risky standard. Yeah. There we go. Got one and a six, and you have two in consort, so you take the six. Yes, it is not a take a low. (laughs) There's been a one in almost every roll tonight. 
Ah, uh, we rolled eight <laughs> times and six of them were ones. Well, seven of them were ones if we include that one. So yes, <laughs> it's a good day. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of choir quiet from the the cover where uh, Batra's crouched. Um, you think you hear her basically uh, slinging her, her pistol and pulling something out of her boot. And she just calls back, you show up drunk to the job? <laughs> well, I guess I don't have too much to worry about. All right, yeah, I'm up for it. This was the inn. It was just... just... Sure, sure. (laughs) Gadget, take the opening. All right. And she, uh, so she pulls out her other, um, another uh, caster weapon, which I think this one kind of looks like a sawn-off shotgun. Uh, And she just starts kind of running from cover to cover and starts kind of drawing it back. She's like basically peppering it with um, these sort of like magical bursts of, hmm, I don't know, what would they be? Probably like, like crystals. motes of, uh, yeah, cool motes of like this crystalline substance. Mm. And it is, it does seem distracted. It's just plain table salt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Salt eater. So- as Quell is watching this and is becoming distressed because, you know, part of part of connecting with spirits is just as you connect with them, like they connect with you. So, mm-hmm. you know, she she had connected with it and had gotten a sense of sense of it and a sense of what it you know wanted that it wasn't intentionally aggressive or harmful. Um, and so she's watching like people shoot at this thing. And um, and feeling through that connection, it's it's distress and anger, and um, so she's feeling kind of desperate to find a way to stop this, uh, and she knows Batra's not going to stop because now Batra's shooting it with bigger guns. Uh, <laughs> it it seems to be hurting a little less actually because it's a sawn-off shotgun, so it's like those the pellets are going everywhere. Okay. She's aiming it high, so it's not like hitting you guys. Um, but it's, it's mostly a distraction ploy. It's not doing it as much damage as it was before. Okay. So I think that what Quell would do is, um, Quell is, Quell has never seen a spirit. I mean, admittedly, it's not like she's like seen a ton of spirits. She spends most of her time in dime. So, you know, her, her experience with spirits is somewhat limited. And, but she's never seen a spirit occupy like bones before occupy a human body Mm -hmm. so i think that she would i think she suspects quell suspects this isn't the spirit's original form uh and the quell or the, the spirit is using this because the spirit wants like something to move to like inhabit physical space but maybe if it can occupy this space it can occupy another space. And maybe it was attracted to this space if this thing is putting off a lot of energy. Does it seem like this canister is putting off energy of some sort? Um, like spiritual energy? No, no, no just like energy. Like, like is, it, is it a power object? Like an object that provides power of some sort? I mean, it's not like, it's not like pulsating lights or anything. No, so I, I'm just basically, is it like, a battery is it like an engine is it like electrical is it is it just a canister like a tin can on a pole and we have no idea what it does (laughs) if you get closer to it you could try to study it to get more detail but from here pretty much what you know is that it's like a canister that's occupying one of those vertebrae of this thing okay well i think what what i'm gonna do with paula is um (sighs) desperate to make this stop I think that Quell is going to use Batra's distraction to try and get closer to the skeleton with the knowledge that she might get messed up in the process, but she's mm-hmm. going to try and actually like get close enough to commune with it and like try to like, she doesn't know what's going to happen. She's never done this before, but uh, try to see if, you know, if there's a way to get it to find safe haven in something else. Okay. So I think ordinarily this would be desperate, right? Uh, yeah. But it's only risky now because Batra is covering for you. Okay. Um, you're attuning, I'm assuming. Yeah. That is like the one thing I'm good at. 
That's not the only thing you're good at. Several things. At least four things. Um. And, um, you know, Quill tends to carry, like, lots of, like, like little pockets full. She she basically wears, like, a pair of, like, beat-up cargo pants held on by, like, shoddy suspenders. But in her many pockets, she carries all kinds of things that could be used as offerings, right? Because you never know when you're going to run into somebody or something where you need to, like, make friends or make amends. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say in her pocket, if you're going to allow this, she has a piece of musolo spiced jerky because we have, we have the musolo, the delicious musolo. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So we have, we have the delicious spices from her, you know, from her fearless leader. And we were chopping things up and cooking things. Maybe we saved some as like jerky meat. And, um, you know, she brings snacks, so maybe it would like some some jerky. You know, it's nourishing. She's offering it in the spirit of nourishment and spices and things that come from the land. Okay, yeah, I mean, you can have some jerky in your pocket. I'm not going to make you spend load for that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, if we look at my load, I have offerings marked on my load. Okay, there you go. Yeah, sure. That works <laughs> for me. Offerings is right there. So one of her pockets contains some jerky. Some delicious, <laughs> spiked, spiced jerky. It's not, probably not like roasted chicken in a Ziploc bag. Oh my god, no! It is not a roasted <laughs> chicken breast in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> so, so as she comes up behind it, and she's like not trying. She's cupping up with like her hands, like in a very like placated position. She's not going to be right where it's like swinging it back her because she's not stupid. You know, she doesn't want to get mm-hmm. clumped in the head, but she does want to get close enough that she can like touch it and like you know she, like put this offering against it and like commune with it and show it that she wants to help it and, and show it that, you know, like they just want this canister and they, we want to move this spirit to someplace safer. Oh, and maybe I'm also going to show it that it's Landberg is moving toward, oh, it's not going to, I'm just going to try and communicate because they communicate uh, emotionally and through imagery we decided, right? Yeah. That its home is moving toward danger and we want to rescue it away from danger. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to communicate. All right. Risky standard. Uh, I'll give you the same devil's bargain of two ticks on drifting into the blockade for an extra die. No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) All right. How about one tick? How many ticks do we already have? Two out of six. I'll take one tick to do this. Okay, so it's a tune, right? Uh, yep, a tune, risky standard, and then you have one bonus die from uh, the Devil's Bargain. You could okay. also push yourself or get help from somebody. Or spend a gambit. Well, I don't want to spend our last gambit. I don't. Even though I might make it back, I don't want to spend it, because we're still in the weeds, and I don't know how much further in the weeds we're going to go. Um, <laughs> so I think saving that gambit is good. I don't know if anyone wants to help me. Uh, we already have Batra creating a distraction, which is nice, but that was already accounted for in this not being desperate. It's risky. I mean, exactly. I'm using this delicious spiced offering with uh, that have you know contributions from all of our crew. Uh, <laughs> oh, question. you know what? Yep. I ran a. I rolled a six on a risky, and. Oh. So you add a gambit to your crew when you roll a six or a critical on a risky action and didn't spend a gambit. Yep. Nice. So I'll I'll try to keep track of that, but uh, please please feel free to feel free to Ooh. remind me because you're the ones looking at your rolls. Yep, Sweet. I forgot that I could generate them. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. So yeah, you have an extra gambit. You have two right now. Nice. Well, okay, I'll spend one gambit then. I didn't realize we had two. All right, one gamut spent. Okay, so that gives me another extra die? Yep. All right, let's do this. So I'm really going to be like, I might even hope that this thing is like a little like whiskey wood smoked, like so it really brings the spirit of all the crew with it to show that we're its friend or at least not <laughs> going to hurt it. Okay. 
Oh my God. <laughs> thank right. God. Thank wow. God I um, had extra die because what the heck? <laughs> we got a two four one one, so we go with the four. <laughs> okay, I think we used up all the ones. I think we'll be smooth sailing from here on out. Yep. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, okay. So on a risky four five, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer harm. A complication occurs. You have reduced effect. You end up in a desperate position. Uh, I think what happens here is you get up to it, and you kind of like. You like I don't know. Are you putting like a hand on its uh, on its f- femur and like holding up the jerky? Is that kind of what's happening here? I guess so. <laughs> I'm just like right. you're a giant skeleton. I know you don't have taste buds or a or stomach lip. or lips <laughs> or a tongue or anything like that. Not even an esophagus. But I think you can understand and appreciate the meaning behind the jerky. <laughs> you know like when you work with divine spirits and you give them an offering of like candy or alcohol like they're not putting it in a physical mouth it's you know enjoying the energetic essence of it. <laughs> that's right <laughs> of this delicious spice jerky <laughs> <laughs> so i think when you when you finally make this physical connection with this uh this strange and powerful spirit uh it's probably it it feels a little bit like when you uh, connected with those uh, sky whale spirits from before, but oh, like yeah. much more intense because you're actually touching him, uh, touching them. Um, and I think instantly in your mind, you just get this feeling of um, loneliness, but the kind of loneliness where that you feel responsible for. The, the reason I gave it hedgehog spines is because of the hedgehog's dilemma. Um, so it feels like... It's it's been alone for a really long time, but it doesn't necessarily want people to come to it. Um, you know, it's just been in the base of this mountain, and I think you even see maybe going through in reverse. Uh, you see the um, all the all the stuff scattered around it and arranged around it. You know, the the wreckage, the remains, the remains kind of like recompose, and uh, you see the a, a shape, the a face. That probably isn't familiar to us, but would be familiar to the viewers as uh, Solomon Purple, uh, the inventor of skyships, um, who uh, went on a great voyage and was was killed by the spirits at one point in a, a lower level landberg. So it seems like this this landberg is where Solomon Purple met their end, um, and the wreckage of the ship kind of. It's being hauled in by other little spirits. Well, actually, not little spirits. They're pretty big spirits. Um, but those spirits seems like it seems like they disappeared over time as the landberg got higher and higher into the uh, the atmosphere or the stratosphere or the higher and higher strata. You know, for whatever reason, it's harder for them to exist there. But this one wasn't able to leave. Oh, it's so alone, and all of its friends are still left behind, and it can't go. Something like that. And you get the feeling uh, as you kind of uh, concentrate on the the canister, you get a feeling of origin, but not necessarily of like, not necessarily that they're tied together. Like you, it doesn't seem like it's powering it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not powering. It's like mecha skeleton. Okay. Just that this canister had something to do with it coming into being. Oh, Okay. Wow. So Quell feels very, like, deeply sad for this uh, spirit. Like, very, very sad. And um, as she's connected with it, like, you know, there's almost like a sense of grief that she experiences. So I don't know how that that would affect her. But um, she she tries to show it that um, it it can't stay here because harm will come and can she bring it with her and like uh, give it friends and a safe place to be. So I think uh, we could kind of lump that in here if you want to try and to try and um, convey to it that you have, you know, these, these intentions for it that Mm -hmm. you want to be able to help it move. Uh, But that is going to take time. And you did get only a four. Son of a gun. 
Yeah. So I'll mark two more ticks on drifting into the blockade. Oh! Uh, no! <laughs> no! That's too many ticks! That's too uh, many ticks! You can try to resist that, but then uh, you'll also need to make another roll to somehow convince it that you want to take it along. Because you only got standard effect, you didn't get great effect. Okay, um, I think I'm going to try and resist it, because I... I am very aware. See, I don't expect it to be aware of time the same way humans are because mm-hmm. it's, you know, this elemental being, but I'm super aware and really don't want to wind up beyond that blockade. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try and resist it um, by okay. trying to like really like open myself up to make it very clear, like what's in my mind, what my intentions are and what I want to do. Okay. Okay. So I resist using resolve. Uh, yep, that's probably it. Or you could spend that last gambit. No, I'm not going to spend the last gambit. We're going to need that. Okay, please no ones. Please no ones. Oh, thank goodness. <sighs> okay. <laughs> two, four, and six. So you'll suffer six stress minus six, so no stress. Yay. Thank goodness. Okay, so I actually feel really good as I totally open my consciousness and allow myself to completely connect with this weird spirit. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I think the, um, it sort of starts forming in reverse cause it, it does want to go with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it kind of starts crumbling down again. Uh, and the, the skull kind of pops loose and, uh, falls into your hands. Okay. The top of the skull, anyway. <laughs> All right, I I immediately scoop it up, and this is staying with me. This is now my friend, and people will have to kill me to take this from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Batra kind of pokes her head out again. She's like, "Oh, I don't know what you did, but it looks like it worked." Uh, I think it's allergic to beef jerky or uh, muffalo <laughs> uh, jerky. <laughs> uh, same here. <laughs> I should have told you that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>